0: thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast my name is harrison i am the pastor here at kingdom church you picked a great message to click on to this is the first in our year-end series called expand we believe in faith that god is about to expand the vision the purpose and the mission of this church we believe that you are an integral part of that so sit back and relax here it is of Scripture, that's going to take us where we want to go. It's found in Luke chapter 18. It says this. It says, "A certain ruler asked him, "Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good?" Jesus answered, "No one is good except God alone, but you know, the commandments. You shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, Honor your father and mother." Next slide. Perfect. All of these things I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, well, there's one thing you lack. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and then you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for the people that decided to follow you today. And I just thank you so much for this church. Uh, We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Man, it has been an awesome morning already. Uh, I love baptisms. I love when people make that decision uh, to follow Jesus. And I believe in faith, the best is yet to come. This morning, it's going to be a good morning. Uh, I remember a few years ago, uh, I went for coffee with this guy. Uh, We're good friends now. At the time, I did not know him. And uh, I remember this coffee very specifically because when I got there, we got our coffees, we sat down, and really without even introduction, introducing each other, he looked me square in the eyes, and this guy has one of those faces, like, you know, the smile that can light up a room? And like, just, he was like soft but hard and cool at the same time, and he looked at me and he's like, bro, tell me your testimony. Now, at that point, I knew he was a fully committed follower of Jesus, Because if he wasn't a Christian, he probably would have said something like, hey, tell me your story. But because he was a Christian, he's like, tell me your testimony. It's a very Christian word. And uh, I remember I was like, okay, it's the weird first thing. And, And I went on to tell him my story the story of how God had changed my life. And, and basically, the, sh- the story in a nutshell is, is God changed my life, and then I felt like God called me into ministry. God called me to be a pastor. And, and it was really difficult because, like, I came from a family where ministry wasn't really a thing. Like, I come from a very medical family. or Indian. My dad is a doctor. My uncle's a dentist. My aunt is a nurse. It's, like, as medical as it can be. But if someone's in trouble, you guys know where to go. Whether it's your teeth, your heart, or your head, you're good. And so it was a weird decision. It was a difficult decision because it was different than like what my family was used to. And, and I began to tell them how it was kind of hard because I, I had friends even, I had family, that just didn't get it. And uh, I went on to tell them but this was the best decision I've ever made in my life. It was the best decision. And uh, I remember after I finished telling that story, uh, I went home and, and I thought to myself, is this going to be the story that I tell for the rest of my life? You see, at that point, uh, I had made the decision about five years prior uh, to go into ministry. And and if there's one thing that you need to know about me, is that I don't like telling the same story over and over again. Uh, and it's getting real difficult because I preach every week now pretty well, and I'm running out of illustrations. But I, I hate to tell the same story, and a part of that stems from my mom because my mom tells the same three stories every <laughs> single week. And so I, I don't want to tell the same stories. And so I remember in the days and the weeks that followed that meeting, that coffee, I just, I had this feeling and this burden, and I was like, is this going to be the story that I tell for the rest of my life? And, and it didn't really sit well with me, because what I was saying is that God moved in my life five years ago, but that was really the last story that I had. And for those of you guys who are new to church today, I know I have a lot of visitors, I'll tell you guys a quick story, and I'll, I'll tell you this, we have a new faith story. It's this church, it's Kingdom Church. Uh, we're just a baby here. We're like we're fresh out of the womb. We're 11 weeks old, and we're so excited you could be here with us. And, and this story has been amazing. It's been a faith story. I, I quit my job, and I, I left security because we felt that God called us to plant this church. And we're living the dream. And, and I know that it's going to be a story that we tell for the rest of our lives, and it's a faith story. And I know there's people in this room you are a part of this faith story. But for as great as this story is, I don't want it to be the story I tell for the rest of my life. As great as, for those of you guys who were here when we started this church, that was an amazing day. It It was fantastic. But for as great as that day was, I don't want that day to be the story that I tell for the rest of my life. Because I believe wholeheartedly that the best is yet to come for this church. I believe in my heart and in my spirit that we have not seen anything yet. Four baptisms was amazing, but we haven't seen anything yet. And the reason that that I wanted to start off by telling you guys this is because I think that there are people in this room. In fact, I know there are people in this room, and you feel like you don't have a story to tell. You feel like you don't have a faith story. You don't have a story of God moving in your life. And if you do, for some of us, we've been telling the same story for five years, for 10 years, for 15 years. Man, God moved in my life when I was in college. You're a grandma now. And so what we're doing here as a church, and this is a tradition that we are starting, and it's easy to start traditions when you're fresh. But we're starting a tradition here at Kingdom Church. We are doing a year-end series. This is our last series of 2018, and what we are going to do this series is all about vision, and it's all about purpose for us in this church. Because we believe for as great as 2018 was, God has big plans for us in 2019. And so we want to vault into the new year. We want to vault into the purpose and the plans that God has for us. If I were to classify 2018 in one word, it would be beginnings. This was a year of beginnings for our church. This was a year of beginnings for a lot of people in your faith journey. And for as great as beginnings are, it's just the beginning. And so there's a word that I believe that God has placed on our hearts here as a church, and it's a word that I want to take us into the new year, and that word is expand. Someone say expand. Expand. Expand, And so for the next number of weeks leading up to our Christmas program, we're going through this Expand series. And what we're going to do in this series is we are going to begin to expand the vision of this church. We're going to expand our purpose as a people. And and through this series, you guys who are coming here, you are going to begin to expand. God is going to call us into new territories, call us into new places. And the reason and the purpose for this series is so you can begin to tell a new story a new faith story. I believe in faith that every single person in this room has a story for 2019. And we want to unlock that story. And we believe wholeheartedly that your story connects with our story here at Kingdom Church. And so what we're going to do as part of this series, as part of this tradition, on December 15th, we're going to take a year-end offering. Some of you guys are like, I gotta go. And and as this series goes on, we'll explain what this offering really means. But what it is, it's really just an act of faith. And we want to finish this year off in faith and and say, God, we're going to give you something that you can take into 2019. And so God is going to expand us. He's going to expand your faith. And part of what this offering is, and we'll explain it more, it's expanding your faith, and you're going to begin to tell a story. And I'll warn you right now, and I, I pray for all of our guests You guys come back because this is the best church ever. But this is going to be a challenging series. But that's okay because I believe that when we are challenged, we begin to change. And when we begin to change, that's where our our stories are told. Stories are told in change. And so as God begins to change us, we're going to begin to tell new stories. Is Is there anyone ready to expand here this morning? Come on. We're in Luke chapter 18. I'll give you uh, just a little background of of the book of Luke. Uh, It's a book found in the New Testament, and it's called the Gospel. For those of you guys who are new to church, you're like, what is New Testament? Super simple. New Testament just means Jesus is in the picture. And a Gospel, there's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The Gospels are all about Jesus. And so in Luke, we're looking at a story that's all about Jesus. And what you need to know is that Jesus is with his disciples. He's surrounded uh, because Jesus was often surrounded with crowds. And then a rich young ruler comes to him. And he asks him and he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Just a side note, guys. I'm losing my eyes here. I can barely read that thing. I'm getting older. But that's good because you guys, I'm getting wiser for all you. But I'm just like, I thought I could read it. I couldn't. Well, I can still read it. And so, <laughs> just a sigh. It was just really Like I'm like, man, like I'm old. I can't. Anyways, yes. Luke chapter 18. Get to the word, preacher. Yeah. What you need to know about this young ruler, this is a story that is told three different places. And so what we garner from these three different stories about this man is that he was rich. We find that out. We found out that he was a young, specifically a religious leader. He was rich, religious, young. Some of you ladies are like, that's what I'm looking for. (laughs) Where's Where's my rich young ruler? He's here. Come back next week. And so this rich ruler, he comes and he asks Jesus a question. He says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? In other words, it's a very simple question. He's like, Jesus? Someone say, Jesus? Jesus. I want to get to heaven. How do I get there? How do I inherit this eternal life that you're speaking of? And, and what we need to understand is that for a religious person at this time, this was a common question. If we read the Gospels, you'll see other people ask him the exact same question. Like, teacher Jesus, how do we get to heaven? I just want to get to, to, to heaven. How do we get, how do we inherit, inherit eternal life? This was a question that dominated the minds of religious people. And, and what we see with religious people is they were dominated by this question how do I inherit eternal life? And so what happened was it often reflected in their behavior. Everything that they did was with the hopes that they would gain it good with the man upstairs. So they acted super good, they followed all the rules, they were really religious. Because they wanted to get to heaven. And so as this man asks Jesus this question, Jesus, he's Jesus, so he probably knew he was going to ask this question. But Jesus, what he wants to do is he wants to challenge everything that this rich young ruler thought was important. And so Jesus starts off and he says, well, you know the commandments. You're, you already know you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother. And, and as the rich young ruler is hearing Jesus say these things, I can almost imagine his face is kind of starting to light up. He has like this coy little grin, you know that one? He's like this is everything I've been doing my entire life because for a religious person to keep the commandments was all that was important. He's like, I've been doing this. Yes, yes, yes. And so he says, Jesus, he says, I've been doing all of these things since I was a boy. Jesus wants to flip the script. He wants to flip the script. And he says, ah, you still lack one thing. You're actually missing something sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. And then you will have treasures in heaven. Then, come follow me. At this point, like that, Gurin is kind of like (laughs) This is one of the most challenging passages in scripture. And a lot of people don't like it because they're like, because Jesus doesn't say like, hey, just give me a percentage, just give me something. He says, give me everything. And a lot of people don't like this passage because they're like, man, like, Everything? I got good news for you. I don't think this passage is about money. Someone clap your hands. (laughs) I guess 2018's been a rough year, Pastor. What I believe this passage is about, and what I believe Jesus is doing, is Jesus wants to get down to the crux of the issue. Jesus wasn't worried about this man's money, he was worried about his heart. You see, for the religious people, they had this idea that behavior was everything that you needed to do in order to be made right with Jesus. And so as Jesus is listing these commandments, the guy has that coy grin because he's like, I've been keeping the commandments. Yes. But Jesus is about to say, that doesn't matter as much as you think it matters. It's not about keeping the commandments. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. And it's funny that this this question that this religious leader asks, I think it's a question that a lot of Christians and a lot of religious people have been asking for thousands of years since. What do I got to do to get to heaven? And sometimes we we mask it with different questions. Like, hey, what are Christians allowed to do? Can Christians get tattoos? Are are Christians allowed to drink? Are Christians allowed to do this? that? What are Christians allowed to do in order that we can get to heaven? And they've been asking these questions. And what Jesus wants to do in this passage, and what I believe Jesus wants to do in this morning, is Jesus wants to change the question. He wants to change the question that we've been asking. Friends, understand this. I love heaven as much as the next person. I can't wait to get to heaven. But if Jesus wanted me to be in heaven, I would be in heaven right now. I need you to understand this. You're like, what are you saying? If Jesus wanted me to heaven, there'd be a chariot right here. He'd pick me up and take me there. You're like, that happens? It's in the Bible. We might study it one day. If Jesus wanted me to be in heaven, we would be in heaven. If Jesus wanted our lives to be dominated about what matters in order for us to get there, then that would be the thing. And then I think for Christians, that is what has happened. We have been led to believe that the most important thing is not here. It's it's there. And we become dominated with, with this and there. But what Jesus wants to do in this passage and really what we wanted to do in this this series is begin to ask the question, answer the question, how can I make a difference here and now? How can I make a difference here and now? That really threw me off on the slide. The circle's out of the slide. You see, for this man, and, and I think for religious people, so many of us get caught up in this And there, in heaven, what can I do? What can I not do? That we begin to neglect the here and now. And so Jesus' response to this man is very much about his here and now. He says, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. In other words, I need you to make a difference right here and right now. You see, he had missed the heart of all those commandments because all those things that he had claimed to be keeping, he had kept them, but he wasn't worried about people. And if we don't worry about people, we're really missing the point. I think that for, for, for a lot of, of Christianity, one thing that has happened and one reason like it's tough to get people to come into churches, tough to tell people about Jesus, is because people have begun to believe, and perhaps sometimes rightfully so, that Christianity is irrelevant. Christianity is irrelevant. It doesn't make a difference in my life. And I, I can't help but believe, and I can't help but wonder if maybe the reason that so many people here and now think that religion, that Christianity, that church doesn't make a difference is because we've been so focused on, on this and there that we've forgotten about here and now. There was a study done, uh, and it was actually, it's an interesting study. It was, uh, it was a study that was specifically to a group of Christians. And in this, in this study, uh, 18% of Christians... I should say only 18% of Christians that were millennials, they said that Christianity makes a difference in their life. What that meant is that 82% of the people in that study said that Christianity was irrelevant to their life. I follow Jesus, I believe in him, yeah, but it doesn't really make a difference. 82%. You're like, well, what? how can you like something and how can it be irrelevant? I was, I was on Wikipedia this week. Anyone go on Wikipedia this week? few of us, and uh, it's funny, as soon as I opened up Wikipedia, there was an ad against the top, on the top of the screen, and it was like a super pleaful ad, and it said, if you could please just find it in your heart, in this season, to donate $5 to Wikipedia, to keep us going, to keep the content that you need, and uh, it was just, it was long, but I read the whole thing, and it was like, this Wednesday, instead of going to get your regular coffee, why don't you think about donating to Wikipedia? And I was so moved, I clicked the escape right away. (laughs) Nope. I'll take my coffee. Thank you very much. Why am I telling you this story? This is what it looks like when something is irrelevant. I use Wikipedia. I really do. I like Wikipedia. But guess what? If it wasn't in my life, I'll be good. I'll find something else. Something else will fill the gap. It's, it's really not that important. And I think for a lot of people when it comes to church, when it comes to Christianity, it's like, yeah, I believe in it. Yeah, I follow it. Yeah, I love Pastor Harrison. But when it really comes down to it, like when it really matters, it's just like click. There's something else more important. Click. 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 We like it. We use it. But it's, it's really irrelevant. It's irrelevant to our lives. It's irrelevant. It doesn't make a difference. Friends, we have a vision for this church. And one of our visions for this church is to make an impact in this city. is to make an impact here and now. And I think one of the reasons that we become irrelevant as churches, as, as, as Christians, and if you're not a Christian, I'm just ranting about Christians. One of the reasons we become irrelevant is because we no longer care about here and now. We no longer care about people. And understand this, if you're taking notes, write this one down. The quickest way to become irrelevant is to stop caring about people. That's the quickest way to become irrelevant. And so as a church, our vision for 2019, like we we started, we had beginnings in 2018, and, and when you begin, it's it's really easy to be all about yourself. Like we've got to get the service, we've got to get the people here. But we want to expand in 2019, and how we plan on expanding is we are gonna to begin to be all about other people. We are gonna to begin to expand outside of these walls because we believe that Jesus makes a difference and he calls us to make a difference, and he is not irrelevant. He's not irrelevant. He's the most relevant thing there is. He's trending. He's hashtag trending, in my mind at least. One of the quickest ways to become irrelevant is to forget about people. And so Jesus has to flip the question on this guy. He has to flip the script because as as this man is there, he's like, yes. He's like, all of these things, I've kept my entire life. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But Jesus says, hey, you're lacking one thing. You're missing something. I wonder if there's someone here this morning that's missing something. He says, you're missing something. Take everything that you own, sell it, and give it to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. Then you will have treasure in heaven. I told you this this story isn't about money. It's about the heart. It's about the heart and, and what we need to know and what, we, what I really want to take from this story is that in order for us to expand, in order for us to reach more people, God is going to call us out of comfort. God is going to call us out of comfort. For this man, his money, that was everything that he knew. That was everything that he had. He was, he was, he was known for his riches. He's a rich man. But Jesus was calling him out of comfort. And so the question that we're going to ask you this morning is what makes you uncomfortable? What makes you uncomfortable? You see, whatever makes us comfortable is what God is about to call us out of. And it's interesting because I believe that there was a time, there was a time when to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus, the only way that you could be a follower of Jesus was was if you were uncomfortable. There was a time, and there was actually a time when there was no such thing as irrelevant Christianity. Christianity. There there was a time when to go to church actually made a difference. And for us at Kingdom, that is what we want to do. We want to make a difference. I was reading this week uh, about um, just the early church and the church, and, and I was reading about the church in the year 250 A.D. So this was like 2,000 years ago. And it was just talking about how the church then was so much different than the culture around them. And it's funny because I think that now, The church is different than the culture around them, but I'm not sure we're necessarily doing the right things to stick out. But the church then, 200, 2,000 years ago, they were so different than the Roman culture that they were in. And I was just reading, and the way that they treated women was different. They were for women. They were for women's right. Men's, submit to your wives. That was like unknown back then. They were different. They loved slaves. They welcomed them in. They treated them as equals. I was reading this story, and and Romans at the time, they would literally, like, drop kids off in fields, like, if they didn't want them. And Christians would go, and they would adopt these kids. This was a time when, like, adoption really wasn't, like, a thing. But they were so different, and there was, what really stuck out to me, I was reading about this thing called the Plague of Cyprian. The Plague of Cyprian. And this happened uh, in the year 251 to 266 AD. This was about... 200 years after the death of Jesus. And during this plague, at the height of this plague, uh, the research says that upwards of 5,000 people were dying a day. And so what happened is the Roman people were like, peace out. Like, it's been real, but we got to go. And so doctors left, noblemen left, business people left, everyone left. And as all those people were leaving, all these Christians started coming in. And they started to care for the poor that couldn't make it out. They started to care for the sick that couldn't make it out. And what it was saying, is that at the height of it, Christians were feeding 3,000 people a day, every single day. And it cost some of them their lives, the people that went in there. But at the same time, it changed the lives of thousands of people in there. And as I read this story, I was so moved because when everyone was leaving, Christians were going in the places that no one else wanted to be, that's where Christians went. Friends, for our church, our our, our vision for 2019 is where no one's going, we want to go in. Where people are running away from, we want to go in. We want to be for this city. We want to be for people because that is how we will expand. The church at this time grew rapidly and guess what? There was no Facebook ads. There was no billboards. There was no fancy card invitations, but people were drawn to a group of people that were all about others. They were drawn to people that would put their own health, their own well being on the line to serve other people. There was no such thing as a Christian that was comfortable. And it didn't even make sense to them. And for this rich young ruler, what Jesus was calling him to do, he was calling him to be uncomfortable. But what these Christians had 200 years later that this rich young ruler didn't have at that moment is they didn't have the example of Jesus. You see, for the Christians 200 years later, they were following the example of their Savior. Because Jesus died for them. Jesus gave it all for them. And so they said, if Jesus gave it all for us, our job is to give everything for other people. They followed his lead. And for us, 2,000 years later, we want to follow Jesus' lead. We don't want to become irrelevant. We want to expand. We want to reach people with the good news. And we want to meet their needs. What do they actually need? And so this rich young ruler didn't get it. And so it said, when he heard these things, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. He became very sad because he was very wealthy. He had a lot. You see, he didn't, under, he didn't get it. He thought that Jesus was calling him to lose something. But what he didn't understand is that Jesus was actually calling him to gain. And it's math that doesn't necessarily make sense for us right now, for some of us. But whenever Jesus calls you to give something, he's not calling you to lose, he's calling you to gain. In Matthew, it puts it this way. It says, whoever wants to save their life We'll lose it. But whoever wants to lose their life for me will find it. And this is math. It doesn't make sense. You're saying if I give away, I'm not going to lose. No, you're going to gain because there is nothing more fulfilling. There is nothing more satisfying than making a difference in someone's life. And that is how we as a church will become relevant when we start changing people's lives. Friends, understand this. I want you guys to invite people to this church because I believe that lives are changed here. But more so than that, I want you to go out there and I want you to change someone's life. I want you to serve that person. Because when we do that, we make a difference. Whoever loses their life will gain it. Friends, what this passage is really all about, it's really about putting faith, it's putting, it's putting fear away. It's beginning to live by faith, not by fear. Living by faith, not by fear. To live by faith means that we are living in such a way that we're not afraid of what God is calling us to do. We're not afraid. And one thing, I talk to people all the time and I find that so many people are scared, so many people are afraid, and their fear comes down to two things. And for a lot of them, they're not even really sure, they don't even know that they're afraid, but their fear comes from two things. I don't have enough time and I don't have enough money. So how can I make a difference? I don't have time and I don't have money. Friends, I want to speak to someone today and tell you you have enough time and you have enough money. Because what happens is when we give ourselves, when we lay it down to Jesus, Jesus changes everything. Jesus makes a difference. You say, I don't have anything. Harrison, trust me, I don't have anything. I, I see so many people, and I'm not ripping on you, but so many people are like, I don't have time to serve. I don't have time to make a difference. Friends, what this series is all about, expand as we push into 2019. It's about expanding our legacy as a church, as, 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 as being here in St. Albert, being a part of this community. We want to make a difference. And the best way to do that is when we lay our life down and say, I'm going to live by faith, not by fear. I'm going to trust that I have enough because God has given me all that I actually need. And so that's why we're doing this offering on December 15th. Understand this, this church does not need your money. I'll never come up here, never come up here and say, hey, we really need money. The reason we're doing this offering is it's a faith offering. It's saying, God, and understand this, we can give whatever we want to give. But it's saying, God, I'm going to trust in 2019 that you can do more with this than I can do on my own. And so that's what we're doing. And that's really what giving is all about. And for some of us, and I'm praying in faith that in 2019, there's going to be more people serving at this church. Even though you don't have time, but God is going to make time in your life, what we're doing is we're expanding. You know, when I read about this rich young ruler, the sad thing is we never hear from him again. In fact, we don't even know his name. One thing we do know, he's had a lot of money. That's fine. We don't know anything else about him. You see, when we hold what we have, when we hide, when we live by fear, we'll never make a difference. I can only wonder because Jesus promises it what Jesus would have done in that man's life. What was the difference that he was going to make? Friends, Jesus wants to make a difference in each and every one of our lives. And he's going to do it through someone in this room. And I'm believing in faith that 2019 is going to be the year that we expand, that we reach this community. And it's going to start today. If you guys could just look under your chairs real quick. If every single person look under your chair, there should be something there for you. Uh, You might have to look like hard, but there's some money under your chair if you guys can look I promise you there's money under your chair you guys grab it you got it if you guys have that five dollar bill just wave it in the air people in the back row, you guys got it If anyone doesn't have a $5 bill, Daniela's got, she's got one for you. The reason, the reason you have that money in your hand uh, is number one to show you something that we don't need anything. We're, we're giving, right? We're, we're generous people. But it's for you because we want to start to make a difference in this community this week. So there's two things you can do. If you came here this morning and you felt like you needed something, and you felt like you needed a sign, like, I need something, this is your sign. This is your sign, and take it and do whatever you want. But for those of you guys in this room, you've been here for a while, you want to make a difference, I I, I challenge you this week, take that $5 and make a difference. There's There's no rules, there's no stipulations. We just want you to make an impact. If you want, you can take a card, like a Kingdom Church card, and say, like, hey... But there's no stipulations. I'm just being facetious. What we want you to do is we want you to take that money and sow it into someone's life this week. You can buy them coffee. You can take them out. You can do whatever you want with it, but you're going to make a difference this week. And we're giving to you because I know in faith that a bunch of us are about to give to this place. And I want you guys to see the reason that you're giving is because we want to give. We want to be a generous church. We want to, I, my, my dream is, is this place is we are the most generous church that anyone has ever been to because God has blessed us so much we're going to bless other people. So take that this week. And we encourage you if you want to let us know about your story you can email us, you can hit us up, whatever you want. If you want no one to know that's fine too. But we want you to make a difference this week with that money because we're going to begin to expand as a church. We're going to begin to reach people for Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you want to be a part of this Expand offering, but you can't join us in person on December 15th, we recommend downloading the Tidely app, looking up Kingdom Church in St. Albert, and you can give. It's as simple as that. You can begin today to tell your faith story. If you would like any more information on us, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We'll see you guys next time.